This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. Just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance because what we don't do on this show is hide greatness. And we don't want you to do that as well. But coming up on the show today, um, I think I've come to the conclusion, T, that it's time to see more of A.J. Griffin. And in a deep dive, does DPs have a point? We'll try to translate the rant that he went on yesterday. And last but not least, and for the culture, I'm still trying to figure out why Tanitra lost her voice over the weekend. We'll talk about all that. But first, we have to talk about Atlanta Hawks. are getting ready to take on the Utah Jazz tonight at State Farm Arena. It's going down. We still haven't quite figured out whether or not Trey Young is going to be available. But, T, I think the main thing is that I'm concerned about and that I like what I'm seeing is A.J. Griffin. And I've come to the conclusion, like I said earlier, it is time for Let the Boy Play. (laughs) Yeah, boy, I'm really liking. And you know what? Can I take a step back and just Mm -hmm. first give a shout out to Nate McMillan? Because... If you've been doing things the same way, the same way, the same way, whether you've had success with it or not, it's just always difficult to shift from a certain philosophy. And everyone has always said, hey, we know his philosophy. He doesn't play rookies in the rotation, period, and most certainly doesn't give rookies a whole lot of time in the rotation. So I wanted to just give Nate McMillan just some credit for recognizing, hey, this guy is showing us some great things very early. So let's see if we insert him in what does it look like. And although... The Raptors game, you know, and I'm going back to that that road trip that was was rough and tumble. But he showed some things in that Raptors game, and that's not a you know a tough um, opponent. Uh, excuse me, that's not a tough out for the, the the Hawks by any stretch of the imagination. We know how much the Raptors give them the blues, yes. but we might have found a guy in addition to Onyeka Okongwu normally against the Come Raptors. On who might just give Nate McMillan some uh, something to look forward to on that second unit. Other piece there is this, Jarvis. I agree with you. Hey, let's keep inserting him where we can. And I would say, Jarvis, even if Trey is back, because even if he's back, you want to get him back into the rotation and increase his minutes slowly but surely so that you don't aggravate that shin injury. And A.J. Griffin gives you the opportunity to do that and gives you some offense and a little bit of defense, some two-way play, which is especially important on that second unit to give Trey some breathing room with uh, the uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich injury still kind of lingering and still kind of having a bogey not there uh, for for this team to lean on. And that's the most important thing, right, when you think about the Atlanta Hawks and why Mm -hmm. DeJounte Murray was brought in, why they – pretty much um, uh, blew up their whole bench that they had come <laughs> from last year. So I think that because the mentality was, hey, they needed to change from a uh, a mindset as far as how they approach basketball games. True enough, it looks really good on, on, on paper having the number, the top, a top five offense, scoring offense in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But we already know what time it is when it comes to winning championships. And that's yeah. what Tony Wrestler has said. Like, I, I'm just been amazed at how – outwardly and, and, and outspoken 
uh, Tony Wrestler has been about talking about championships. That's mm-hmm. what he wants. He's going to speak that bad boy to existence. And I think mm-hmm. that this is what needs to happen for the Hawks in order to continue to progress towards that. And I think that as we, you know, we we talk about AJ Griffin and as far as his development and everything, and make and, and Nate being willing to make that adjustment, I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Slank said, "Hey, man." Mm-hmm. You got something here, and even when he yeah. was on the broadcast, he talked about like, "Yeah, man, let's get this guy in. Let's see what he can do." Because mm-hmm. Travis Lang knows what he can do. He drafted yeah. him. <laughs> he drafted for a reason. Yeah. And yeah. I remember you talking about his draft party when how how quickly he ran that card up to that to oh, that yeah. podium. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, y'all not gonna draft yeah. him? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry about it. I got you covered." So I think yeah. all in all, just the Hawks just. From a defensive standpoint, this is something, and I I like, I've been liking what I've been seeing from Jalen Johnson as well. And he understands the assignment too, you know, when in conversations and interviews Mm -hmm. leading up to the game on Monday against the Milwaukee Bucks, he understands Mm -hmm. that the way he's going to get on the court is playing defense. It has to be a priority for him. And I think that he's done a good job like that. And I will continue to scream from the top of the mountain. Y'all. Tanitra Batiste has been on Ayeka Akongu since last year. So for those who trying to jump on the ba- the bandwagon right now, y'all it's late. Cool. <laughs> oh, and it already has a driver. Right. Has. Yes. She <laughs> yes. is driving that bus. Amen. Look, look, look at what's exciting to me is when I got the rundown for mm-hmm. you to be saying asking a question to start our show off about somebody not named Trey Young. I repeat, somebody not named Trey Young, and then I'm going to second that emotion and say, or second that that motion, if you will, and say, you didn't, didn't the, the conversation or the topic wasn't John, John Collins. It wasn't Clint Capella. Heck, it wasn't even DeJounte Murray, and not saying that it couldn't be DJ. My point being, we're having a solid and robust conversation about the Hawks as it relates to bench strength. That's yes. to me important. And, mm. and one thing that you just said as well, as it relates to bench strength, that is embracing the art of defense and the importance of it so that you literally, because you really got A.J. Griffin technically listed as a forward, right? right. So yeah. if yeah. you look at that and then you got Onyeka listed as a forward and you got Jalen listed as a forward, hmm, that's really interesting. You got three players that actually are stretching from the one to the five on your bench. So that's Versatility to there you go. Mm-hmm. That there gives go. Nate McMillan some real tools to work with. And it is encouraging to see those tools stepping up to the plate for him early in the season, because you and I know we've spoken about the fact that, hey, you've got to pump the brakes and be patient with the Hawks because Nate McMillan is going to have to tool around with that lineup, even if Trey was in the lineup, right? Still going to have to tool around with that lineup to actually see not just what the starting five looks like, but what happens as you begin to pull one, two, three starters out, insert the bench, and let's see where we go with not just the second unit in full, but kind of tinkering with how many ones do you have to leave in there when you bring in the twos. Yeah, and we've seen that those twos, so to speak, mm-hmm. make comebacks and, and, and lock <laughs> teams down when, when teams have got off to a hot start against the first group. So, mm-hmm. I, like I said, when you think of talking about depth and, and, and roster construction, Travis Schlank 
has done it again. I'll say it. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, I don't mind jumping on things early. What, six months in advance, like I got John Checkery from Hitting the Hard Says? I don't mind jumping on that bandwagon. Absolutely not. But but speaking of tools, how about a 5-2 guy that the Atlanta Braves have? They don't have to worry about re-signing and bringing him back because he right. is under contract for the next eight to nine years. Uh, and Michael Harris was named the NL Rookie of the Year by the Baseball Digest, not the big boys, but I think this is the beginning of where we should be when it comes to the, the NL Rookie of the Year, T. Yeah, and I was so excited to see that award given to him because, of course, we had sporting news to swing in Spencer Strider's direction. However, the vote was unbelievably close. So to have that one-two punch was encouraging. But now I feel like, hmm, this is going to get interesting. What are you going to do, Baseball Writers of America? Because you have still two of the top magazines or two of the, the top circulations out there saying, hey, one of us thinks it's Strider, hey, the other one thinks it's MH2. And there right. could be an argument and has been an argument either way, but to recognize Michael Harris II, especially because we know pitchers are just like quarterbacks. They take priority or and it's just like the the, the guard in, in the NBA, right? A pitcher right. is always going to get deference. So to see an outfielder get some deference, that to me was exciting because you're saying, hey, I recognize that this guy legit has five tools and in not even a full season has managed to show all of them. Yeah, and that's and that's the beautiful thing about the scouting department. And sure. man, I'm giving a lot of love to general managers. What's going on, T? <laughs> Alex Anthopoulos is the man. <laughs> Travis Schlank is the man. Like, it's just, ooh, Terry Fondo, you better get Terry your life together, man. I'm telling you, bro, you better, you better get right now. We yeah. give him love when when it's when it when it's due. That's for sure. Now, speaking of uh, uh also some some other type of love, if you're trying to get some love to be able to spread a little bit when it comes to some money, how about you check out betonline.net because it is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And when you're thinking about what's going on, Atlanta Falcons taking on the Carolina Panthers tonight. I mean, I'm sorry, tomorrow night, excuse me, uh, on Thursday night football. They, have, they haven't added another day. Yeah, I know they probably wouldn't mind playing on Wednesday, but they can't do that right now. But, um, but tomorrow night, Thursday night, the over-under is 43 and a half. Wow. Oh, are you, are you, do you know? Do you have an idea what you want to do there? You can't figure it out? How about you go to Bet Online because it continues to be the top online source for all your sports wager information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. You guys come to us each and every day for all your Atlanta sports needs. Go to Bet Online for all your sports needs because they have podcasts available to you so you can get all the information you need to might make the right decision to make some money so head on bed online today or use your mobile device don't be laughing at me t to learn about the action happening today because bed online is where the game starts yes so speaking of that one of the reasons why jarvis is excited and i'm sure the falcons are excited to get a game going if they could today is because of course you just kind of want to wipe that taste out of your mouth from that tough loss to the Chargers on Sunday, right? And mm -hmm. and you know what it looked like with the Panthers two weeks ago and really a little less than two weeks ago at the Benz. And you certainly want to be have the opportunity to just put them to bed quickly because you do not want to see that foolishness that we saw a week and a half ago, right? Yeah, yeah. But you really don't know how it's going to work out because you still have some leaks 
and some chinks in the armor for the Falcons, particularly, of course, we're looking at the secondary. So Dean Pease had a very interesting press conference where he was asked about the secondary, but in specific, the corner play. And his response, and I'll quote, was, they are doing the best they can. Now, you know me, Jarvis. I always talk about <laughs> Deanisms. Yes. That was a classic Deanism. Classic Deanism. <laughs> so let's break this thing down and tell me, Jarvis, I have thoughts, but mine are very terse and very direct. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to speak first on what in the world you think that Deanism meant. What in the world did he mean by those comments? Um, I I think that to just be frank, the NFL draft isn't happening tomorrow. <laughs> Free agency doesn't open up tomorrow uh, before the game, and, and, and Terry Fontenot is can't work the phones right now and go get a guy that can come in and be a viable starter for you, a consistent yeah, yeah. starter for you, and and that's the thing that people need to understand because mm-hmm. you know. I read the comments on our show and everything, and the people are always wondering why we always talking about Marcus Mariota. First of mm-hmm. all, he's a damn quarterback of the team. How about yeah. that? Like, everybody yeah. talks about a damn quarterback sure. for the team. Yeah. You know, I'm a defensive-minded guy. I get mm-hmm. tired of talking about a quarterback, but guess what? If he does things for us to have a conversation about it, how about we going to talk about them? So, yeah. yeah, calm down on that. And they're mm-hmm. like, people, oh, yeah, the people don't want to – and you don't want to talk about the defense. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the defense right now. Let's talk about it. And you got a guy And say, if you watch and you rock with us all the time, we pretty much have a consistency during the Fair football. Fair and balanced. NFL yeah. we, exactly. We usually come in on a Monday, and we really break it down across all three phases of the game, like kind of a recap. And then each and every day leading up to that Sunday, we literally, especially Monday and excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday, typically Tuesday, we'll, we'll focus on the offense and kind of give them some love. And notice right. our question today was what we typically do on a Wednesday, breaking something down on the defense. And then right. we'll come back on a Thursday and kind of dig into it a little bit more kind of high level. Or we might react to some things that we find out because then we're on the way to practice. Right. We're, we're getting right. into the second day of practice after film breakdown and after a day off. So we give you guys some information that we feel is pertinent to as it relates to practices and who's looking like they're going to be a go, who looks questionable and who's probably out. And then we come back on a Friday and give keys to the game. So in case you were kind of wondering what the rotation is like and why you don't hear a certain thing on a certain day, unless something really powerful came across that we need to react to on a different side of the ball. Usually Jarvis and I kind of have a method to our madness. Now tomorrow, obviously we're going to ratchet it up because it's a Thursday and we're going to give our keys to the game on a Thursday and then Friday will be a reaction Friday. But listen, if you rock with us, we have a method to our madness because we do want you guys to see things from our eyes and we appreciate seeing it from your eyes as well. But I just had to give that kind of uh, follow-up to what you said, Jarvis, because yeah, no way in the world is this show ever going to not talk about defense when that guy played it at the professional level? As you were, Jarvis. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, T. Uh, public service announcement. It happens from time to time. But, yeah. But back to your question. As far as Dean Pease, though, I, I, I think that he's working with what he has, right? Yeah. Let's let's talk about what he has. He has a, a low-round draft pick in um, 
uh, Darren Hall sitting over there. I think he was a fifth round, yes. if I if I remember correctly. And then you yeah, talking about Cornell mm-hmm. Armstrong, a guy that you brought up about the practice squad, who's been yeah. starting for you on on, on the backside of, of your defense. And we know what bad backside corners look like, right? We saw that last yeah. year, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I can well, I go on and go out and say that he has played a lot better than that dude that they uh, end up cutting last year. So right. I think that when VP says. They're doing the best they can. That's exactly what he means. And I think that for all the people who are trying to try to want to find ways to criticize that defense, like he's doing like it it can be a lot worse. I promise you, because at the end of the day, they don't gave up 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. And I would agree with you on that one. And that was one of those. It was a heartbreaker. It definitely was a heartbreaker. And it was one where I know I think I said to myself, to Quan Graham, Oh God, that that might not be a bad thing. And I know we're talking corn, you know, secondary, but I was like, that, right. just to give him as an example, that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing where Dean Pease is going to ha- Dean Pease has a guy in in TQ and, and some of those other guys that'll say, I'm not going to let that happen late again. I'm not going to let right. that happen late again. So I'm going to actually go past what happened in that Chargers game and kind of go back to what you said and kind of go back to the games leading up to the Chargers game to say, right. hey. Once AJ Terrell went down, once Casey Edwards went down, or Haywood, excuse me, went yeah. down, we then knew, like, oh my, Dean Pease is just going to have to work with what he worked with. So yeah. Yeah. you can't so, yeah. do anything with, <laughs> except what you were given. And I think everybody kind of agreed that on some level, Cornell Armstrong kind of surprised because he was at least solid. And again, yeah. like you said, a guy coming off the practice squad that's kind of all that you could ask for him. And Darren Hall, give him his credit. Because he he actually balled out. You got to give him actually a step above the right. solid. Darren right. Hall actually put in some work. So give them an opportunity to show you again that they can at least be the guys. Because remember, this is a season where Dean Pease felt comfortable and confident all the way through his depth progression that he had the guys that would give him the ability to open up the playbook completely. Yep. yep. And so he's done that. And as far as I've seen Jarvis, and you you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the most part, these last say two weeks where he's been down his his main people, his his starters, he still pretty much kept that playbook open. So yeah. in my opinion, that means hey, he's working with what he has. But at the end of the day, these are also Deanisms. This is also something DP said last year, which basically says, hey man, we know we ain't got the guns, and it is what it is. And we're just going to go out there and do whatever it is that we can. Falcons fans, that's really all that you can ask of him. He'll probably try to get a few more disguised looks in there yeah. uh, tomorrow night so that he can at least confuse the Panthers offense and try to kind of like buy some time there. But again, I mean, what else do you want him to do? I mean, he's working with his guys the best that he can. And I mean, that's that's really all you can do. What I do like, though, is, is how he- you're talking about different type of pressures, right? And kind of switching yeah. it up. And the guy like Isaiah Oliver, he's a perfect guy yes. to be able to, you know, send some of those nickel blitzes and, and, and mm-hmm. like you said, disguising some of those things and like the yep. um, uh, double A gap show blitz, double A gap blitzes. Like he's he's mixed it up. He's even talked about how he's he added something in that he really hadn't practiced. But mm-hmm. the only way he was able to do that is because he has the guys in there that at least know what they're supposed to do. Yes. And, and I think that you can see that when guys are – typically for the most part are in positions to make tackles if they do make the completion you know because we talked about that third down conversion rate on the show mm-hmm. and about how 
they the Falcons were up and down. Like in the first and third quarters, they were able to, you know, from an offensive standpoint, they were able to convert. And then in the second and fourth quarters, that's mm-hmm. when the Chargers kind of took over, and they was continually, continuously um, converting on third down. And, and you mm-hmm. see, that's basically the re- end result of the game, right? You know, when right. you're able to be successful on those 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 crucial downs. So mm-hmm. I, I think that Pease can. He has a couple things that he can do. I'm not. We're not sitting up here mm-hmm. saying that. He had, that's all he can do, and that's it. But there are some things that he can implement, like things that he hasn't never done really shown on tape before. Mm-hmm. Those things throw off quarterbacks, especially inexperienced quarterbacks like P.J. Walker. You know, yeah. so I think those are some of the things that he's going to implement mm-hmm. into this the, the, to this game plan for the especially when you're going up against a divisional rival. So when you have to come up with little kinks and different things that you mm-hmm. haven't necessarily shown before, and I think Pease is definitely going to do that. I trust Pease to do those things. I do too. And I do trust him at a minimum to at least slow more down as well. Like Walker right. to more, he may not be able yeah. to stop that co- combo, but I do think that he's, go- he's looked at the film and he's going to be prepared to, to at least slow that combo down. Now, speaking of being slowed down, you and I have actually commented on this before, how the Falcons have been really fortunate this year, unlike in other years, to really have their starting five on the O-line be right. there consistently. And I think that's been a part, part and parcel to you can contribute some of that success that we've seen. You may not say that Marcus Mariota has been the greatest, but I bet they've kept him off his back a whole lot more than they kept Matt Ryan off, off his back. Indeed. And, you know, the, the ability for the run game to be as successful as it, is, it has been, mm-hmm. you got to give credit where credit is due, and that O-line has looked markedly better. However, the injury bug has finally hit, hit, and hit, and it has been viciously attacking at left guard, Jalen Mayfield, IR, Elijah Wilkinson, IR, and now Matt Hennessy, IR. So in comes Colby Gossett to maybe save the day. What does this look like as far as, and I'm going to say, Jarvis, not just so much for tomorrow night's game, but what could this mean potentially for the O-line as it relates to the protection that is needed for not just Marcus Mariota, but for that run game to continue to lead the charge for the Falcons offense throughout this season. You know, to be honest with you, like I'm not too concerned because Kobe mm-hmm. Gossett played well against Seattle. Like he mm-hmm. he played that game. He played in that game. And I think that he did a, a pretty solid job because, you know, even and even when he stepped in last week, the run game didn't changed too much mm-hmm. you know like they still had some success running the football throughout the entire game when Hennessy mm-hmm. went down so there I, I think that because you know let's look at it you know we talked about coming in like when when the Falcons were making moves and all that stuff and, and trying to figure out who's going to be at that left guard position they figured out they determined that it wasn't going to be Jalen Mayfield right you just need somebody that can be solid that can step in and Elijah yeah. Wilkins has done that I believe mm-hmm. that you know Matt Hennessy was fine when he was in there before yeah. he got hurt and then you had Gossett come and step in and I think that right now you have a system that's in place a yes. foundation in that run game where you you know where your strengths are you know that mm-hmm. more than likely you can get some yards on that right side of the, of the offensive line because that's probably your best side, right? As right. far as you putting two guys together on that particular side and mm-hmm. Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry from, right. from a run game standpoint. So yeah. I'm not too concerned about Gossett going mm-hmm. in, but I, you you do kind of hate the fact that, like, you had that you had, that was something that you can count on from an injury yeah. standpoint that has been fairly healthy throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. It's just 
kind of messed up that you have to deal with it as you come into these crucial games, yeah. like your divisional game that they have tomorrow night against the Panthers. Yeah, and I agree with you. In looking at the stats, not much changed right. in 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 deal in the the run game once Colby Gossett was inserted. I think the only thing that really concerned me, which hey, at this point in the season, that's probably a concern for most teams at some position, and that's just depth. Yeah. I mean, that yep. that's the only thing that concerns me. You know, is there a depth issue? And if Colby Gossett goes down, oh my goodness, what might happen? But again, at least you have. Hey, Jalen, you you healthy yet? Yeah. Like, we don't want to see that. <laughs> I know I don't want to see that. I see yeah, that. Not at all. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see that. Might want him to just. Right. Stay, 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 stay over there, as the old right. folks say. Exactly. Stay over there where you're Right, sir. Yeah, leave it alone. But hopefully, Colby Gossett, he's a solid insert, and hopefully yeah. the Falcons won't have any issues to where depth even becomes a conversation for them. But where we want a conversation to go for you is, as always, after your conversation about ATL Day 1, we hope you guys are talking about Locked On Atlanta and specifically Locked On Sports Today, the podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day. They have instant reactions. Like, they'll have an instant reaction on Friday about Thursday's game. They have big recaps. And you know us, guys. You love For the Culture. We'll talk about For the Culture in a minute. But they have their version of For the Culture. The Locked On Sports Today crew talks about their take of the day. So if you want to hear more on the Locked On Sports Today podcast, just check them out wherever you check us out, whether that's the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you download your podcasts. Because definitely that Locked On Sports Today It'll give you a little bit of Falcons, but we also know that a lot of you guys are transplants from here, there, and everywhere. So certainly it'll give you some info and take you all around the league on the biggest stories of the day. T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes we're over there. We want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, people been coming at me about Where's Tanitra? What's going on? Why she ain't on the show? Who is this dude? Yeah, people been real protective about Tanitra Batiste. Like, like, like I got just like I'm just a you know a, a ghost or something. You know, like I think uh, some personal coming up. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, um, you got a chance to take partake in a, a special event, and now you can barely talk. T, what's going on? Talk to me. Like I need play by play as to what went down um, over the weekend. And uh, yeah, yeah, tell the folks. Yeah, tell them. <clears throat> well, so you guys know I am like a super homecoming fan, right? Love yes, indeed. Super homecoming. Indeed. I have sat on the, the committee that's raised a lot of money. I'm so excited. You know, right. guys, I'm always putting in my PSA. HBCUers, go ahead and give your school the money because they need it. I'm always going to put that PSA out there. So it's always exciting to be on the homecoming committee to help the school raise funds, but also to just fellowship and get back to what I know and love. You guys know I went to Xavier in New Orleans. So we had homecoming last week and it was absolutely epic. We called it our masterpiece, the unparalleled homecoming experience. And it did not disappoint. Oh my God, Jarvis, we just had such a fantastic time. Uh, boat ride is a big deal for us because of course we're sitting right on the Mississippi River. So that mm -hmm. was cool. And if you guys want to know more, hey, check me out on IG because I'm giving you play by play this entire week at Tanitra yes. Matisse. <laughs> Trust and believe you can get all the tea right there. And you can see me, maybe not on the tabletop. I thought that was too much for you guys, but you can oh, see oh, off the tabletop dancing That's and doing my thing the way we do in New Orleans because we've got to have a brass band all over the place. That's what we do. An incredible step show. And my girls, 
Gamma Alpha Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. One we go. step show. Yep. Stop Always got to them. Love them. That's what we do. And, um, you know, love my guys. Uh, our Phi Beta Sigma Chapter, Alpha Lambda Guys won the step show. And that was tremendous. And we had all kinds of guest appearances. If you're a P Valley fan, you should have come through because we had those guys all up and through. Wait a minute. They went to uh, Xavier or they just came through? Oh, no. People just come through. People were coming from all over Virginia, Tennessee, Maryland, Georgia. I mean, everywhere. Because, I mean, that's when they find out. That's just great, huh? This is, this is what y'all are. It's just great, huh? Exactly. Yeah. That's just what yeah. we do. And we had the <laughs> phenomenal pleasure of having our different world team come back um, and bless us. Charnel Brown and Daryl and Bell came through and they were there the entire weekend at each and nice. every event. So that was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really cool. We had a nice concert. The weather tried to slow us down on Saturday, but come on, Jarvis. It's New Orleans. Nothing oh, shuts a party down for Nothing. us. Yes. Nothing, not even a mm. monsoon, which is what it was, by the way. We yeah. still found a way to party <laughs> and have a good time. And Jarvis, I know you'll appreciate this being HBCU grad yourself. We culminated the weekend at this great Airbnb where your girl won the spades game, won the spades Whoa, well, wait, what? Whoa, have you been practicing or something? Like, what's going I, on? It's in my blood. It's what we uh, do. Okay. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. out there winning spades games. Yeah. yeah. I am always representing. Oh, wow. She pulled out the hat. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, since, you know, all that great stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm glad you had a great time. But, you know, I was doing the game. Uh, Benedict. Oh, was, uh, to, yeah, 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 I was doing some work. You, you know, so I had to. Stuff. Yeah, I had. I was holding it down for, for, the, for the squad. And uh, so I got a chance to do uh, Benedict versus Allen. Billy Dick is they are, are as advertised. They they might yeah. do some things. I'm I'm oh, looking yeah. for those guys to do some things in the playoffs. Hopefully, maybe be able to get a couple home games so they can get some home field advantage um, throughout that bad boy. That is very key in the playoffs. <clears throat> I know from experience. Now, but I also found out after the game that uh we lost to Fort Valley, man. Like, come on, what is this? I got folks talking junk to me in the comments on videos from yesterday. I'm just like, bro, like, stop, man, please. Like, don't dig the knife in and right. then just turn the bad boy. Like, you don't dig don't it in. Oh, what about Jarvis and how they lost to them Wildcats this weekend? I'm just like, bro, I didn't lose to the Wild. Well, I lost one time in 2002, but, you know, that's a whole, no, 2001. Yeah, we got what was the bad. But outside of that, we, we, right. we did our thing. But yeah. Man, golly, man. Ooh, I hate to end the show like that, T, but but yeah, I'm glad you had a good time down there. I gotta get to New Orleans. I've never been before, so you know, totally. we gotta work that out. Like we gotta get ATL part. day ones. Maybe That's I need to call broadcast from there one of these. I need, I need to call David Locke, like, hey man, I need you to get us down in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can make those type of phone calls. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, let's end the show on that note. Uh, thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. We also will make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. They have the take of the day. They might be the take of the day. Me acting like I could just call the CEO of the company and, and make a request or or a demand. We can't. No, I can't do that. But yeah, go check out Locked On Sports Today. It's free and available wherever you download your podcast. Um, it's wherever you download us as well. So yeah, we're right there for you. Now, T, tell them what we got going on for the show tomorrow, though. Boy, am I excited about tomorrow. Like we said, we're going to give you guys keys to the game for the Falcons to go ahead and just get this sweep. 
just go ahead and get this week because it's so important, like you said, Jarvis, as we get into those divisional games for the Falcons to just take care of business. And speaking of taking care of business, you guys know that the Hawks are on a three-game winning streak. So we want to talk about them getting their fourth win in a row. They'll hopefully take care of business tonight. No offense, David Locke, our CEO, who is also the voice of the Jazz. No offense, but hey, we want a dub down at State Farm Arena for our guys. So we'll talk to you guys about that tomorrow. And of course, any and everything that's on the ATL sports scene, we got it for you right here on ATL Day Ones tomorrow. So don't forget that after you download us, go ahead and download our guys uh, hitting hard with John Chuckery and A to Z with Mark Zeno because, hey, they bring that heat too. Hey, I'm still representing, man. We up in this thing, ASU, man. I'm still representing my going to back. Y'all, now y'all come back, y'all. Yeah. <laughs>